Hi guys, welcome to the show Into the Mind. I'm your host Marlon Johnson. I'm a parkour athlete turned real estate investor who spent the last eight years studying the mindset of elite performers and applying their lessons to my life. In my pursuit for success, I've sought out wisdom from mentors who are doing exactly what I want to do in all areas of life. I've asked that they share their wins and their losses with me. In my search for answers, this podcast was born. I wanted to share the valuable advice I was receiving from successful entrepreneurs, investors, and world-class athletes, and I wanted to take that advice and give it to you guys, my community. So thank you all for tuning in. This show is for free, and my guests give their precious time to be here, so I do ask for something in exchange for these episodes. The price of admission is that if you receive any value at all, if you learn something new, have a brand new thought, or even get one new idea that helps you progress forward in life or in business, I ask that you share this podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, people on the streets, your audience on social media. I want this show shared with everybody. Look, my goal is to influence 1 million people to invest in themselves and to unlock their own potential. Also, guys, I'm going to be hosting my very first in-person virtual event called Mind State Real Estate. I'll be having Long Island's number one house flipper, Charles the Handsome Homebuyer, as a guest speaker, as well as Long Island's number one real estate sales coach, J.B. Bovedin. The event will be held on this Wednesday, December 2nd, 6.30 to 9 p.m. You're going to learn from two of the best exactly how to play the game of real estate in one of the toughest markets in the U.S., The event will be raising money for two amazing organizations. The first is the Sherlock's Homes Foundation, a nonprofit whose mission it is to use real estate investing to truly change the conversation around youth homelessness. And the second is Long Island Against Domestic Violence Organization. Each year, they provide a range of services that help over 14,000 Long Island adults and children escape from abusive relationships and build new lives. To find out more information, click the link below or go to the link on my Instagram page. It's in my bio and my handle is at Mindset Marlin. Today, my guest is Matthew Simmons and we dive deep into the mindset that Matthew had to cultivate for himself that allowed him to take his business from zero to seven figures in the first year. Matthew talks about how he spent 12 months brainwashing himself and working on his mindset. We really dive deep into the sort of person and the kind of disciplines that you need to develop in order to achieve success in life. So make sure you take some notes during this episode because Matthew drops gems all throughout this episode. So without further ado, let's get this episode started. I'll see you guys on the back end. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Into the Mind. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson. And today my guest is Matthew Simmons. I'm excited to have Matthew on the show today because this guy seems like he's just a deal generating machine. Seriously, every time I go on Facebook, dude, I feel like He's marketing another new property, his team squared away. So Matthew is the owner and operator of Fifth Avenue Property, a real estate investing company based out of Pennsylvania. And within his first year of business, he went from zero to seven figures. So back in July of 2020, Matthew was actually on the Real Estate Disruptors podcast, and you did an amazing interview with Steve Trang. When I heard that episode, I knew that I wanted to have him on the show because he was very clear about one thing that caught my attention. He had to say that he developed his mindset first in order to achieve the success that he's currently earning. So I'm excited to have Matthew on the show today so we can dive a little bit deeper into that unbreakable mindset that he's cultivated. So Matthew, 
Welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Marlon. It's my pleasure. I'm excited, man. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. So, dude, I have to be honest with you. Steve Trang did a seriously amazing job interviewing you, and he really got a lot of questions out that shows people who you are. So people should definitely go check that out. When he interviewed you, he did spark some brand new questions for me that I want to deep dive with you. Yeah. You guys spoke. You talked about something that was really powerful. You said before you even started taking action on this real estate stuff, you committed to building that mindset for 12 months. Now, was that serious? Like, did you really do 12 straight months of mindset work? And what did that actually look like? Like, what did yeah. it look like in that 12 month period? Yeah, so it was 12 months. I will say I did not, um, it wasn't as if I decided I wanted to be a wholesaler in January of 2017. And then was profound enough to say, I'm going to spend the next 12 months getting my mind right so that I can wholesale in January of 2018. That's not how it went. What happened to me was I, I had owned and sold other businesses and I kind of just felt like I was underachieving on a number of fronts, my relationships, my health, my businesses, everything, my mindset. And I just felt like I was leaving a lot on the table. And so at this point, I had no idea what wholesaling was. I just knew that I felt myself longing to perform better as a man in every arena. And so that's what led me down this journey of personal development. And for me, what that consisted of, as I talked about on the podcast, was I hadn't read a book um, since college. And so we're talking for me, that was, um, you know, 25 years ago at that point since I had read a book. Um, and even then I couldn't tell you if I finished the book or what the book was. It, it wasn't, it just wasn't something that was on my radar. Um, and so I just, I, I actually met a guy who was younger than me at a conference. I, at the time I was doing some sales training for people and I was at a conference and there was a guy there who was also, uh, a sales trainer and we went out one night and there was about 10 of us and, it was that point in the night where it was about midnight and you kind of had two decisions to make. Are you going to keep, you know, hang out with the guys and, and go to the next spot or are you going to go home and, and get a, a good night's rest? This young man in particular went home. I did what I always did, which was I'm going out. Let's, let's keep this going. So the next morning um, I see him and he's, he was always well-groomed. He looked good. He was rested. He had worked out. He ate a healthy breakfast. He was sitting there reading a paper. And I just remember looking at this guy who was younger than me and just feeling like he was more of a man than I was. He was capable of doing something that I, at my age, at that point of 40 years old, wasn't capable of doing. And so I really started to become a little more introspective. And then when I sold my business, the second business, I really did a deep dive on that and took stock of myself, my kind of took inventory of myself as a man and came to realize that these businesses, because they were successful, had allowed me to kind of become lazy. I could wake up when I wanted to wake up. I could wear sweatpants all day if I wanted to. I didn't have to do anything. I had created a lifestyle 
that afforded me the ability to do whatever I wanted. And instead of taking that and taking advantage of it and growing, I had just kind of become stagnant. And I was getting positive feedback from those around me. People were telling me, you got the life. You hang out at the gym all day when you own the gym or you hang out in your office all day. Um, you don't really have to do anything. Um, and I just thought that was the coolest thing. And it really dawned on me that no, um, there's, this isn't fulfilling. And so it was at that point that I started down this journey of personal development. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was the first book that I read um, in 25 plus years. And it just kind of sparked something in me. I started to feel like, okay, I'm starting to see a different way of looking at things here. And then from there, I just took off and I started reading a book a week, which actually in that first year, I read 64 books. So it was more than a book a week, absorbing podcasts. At this point, I didn't even know what wholesaling was. So these were just entrepreneurial. They were mindset, um, health and wellness. And everything about me within 90 days changed. I'm talking, started getting up earlier, started performing better in my relationships, started showing up better as a man, as a father, and really um, took the business that I was in the process of selling and skyrocketed it in a very short period of time, made it much more valuable to the point where when I sold it, and then finally, in January of 2018, when I watched that YouTube video on wholesaling, I was in a, a space mentally where I was just ready to pounce. So did I spend 12 months getting prepared mentally? Yes, but it wasn't a conscientious thing where I said, before I start wholesaling, let me get my mind right. I was just trying to get my mind right because I wasn't satisfied with who I was as a man and that journey led me to wholesaling. And so for me, having that part of it right before I picked up a phone and started cold call calling was huge. Because as you know, as you see these young men and women that come into the business, they're trying to get their mind right at the same time they're trying to learn these skills. And you just get beaten down all day on the phone and from investors and from sellers and buyers. And it's very difficult to maintain a positive mindset if you haven't done that work ahead of time. Wow. You know, and a lot of what you say, it truly, truly resonates with me. You know, I'm a young man, 27 years old. So everything you're saying, it's really hitting home and I'm understanding it does make sense to work on that mindset to see that it's possible to achieve outward success and on the inside still be wanting for more, still be lacking in that area where you recognize, I'm sure that was a tough thing for you to be reflective on and to basically have to be honest with yourself and say, hey, I, although the world is telling me I'm good and I'm happy, I'm not really feeling all that good and happy. Exactly, exactly right. And I don't think, um, you know, I, I see so many just being part of the investors crew that we're part of and, and just being on Facebook and now mentoring some other young people. I see so many people that come into this space and they just don't have the tools. They weren't given the tools from their parents, their education, and they haven't spent that year working on their mind. And they're coming into this and they eat like shit. They don't work out. 
They've put no time into developing the mental strength it takes to be an entrepreneur. They're failing at their relationship. They are failing at their job. They're nine to five. They're just putting in the absolute minimum or in some cases don't even have a nine to five and decide despite all of these things being a failure in my life up until this point, I'm going to start something new over here and I'm going to crush it. And it just doesn't work that way. There's no way that if you haven't figured out all of this, that you're all of a sudden going to become this sub two God. I don't care how hard you study sub two. You're not just, you're not all of a sudden going to become this guru wholesaler if you haven't gotten all this shit figured out yet. And so for me, it took me getting all of this right before being exposed to this that allowed me to take off with this because I was in such a good spot in all other facets of my life. I think we've all heard it a million times. How you do one thing is how you do everything, right? And so if you're not healthy physically, if you're not in a healthy space with your parents, with your spouse, with your significant other, if you're not eating well, if you're not working on mindset and you think, or worse, you're spending eight hours a day half-assing it because you're saying, this isn't my, this isn't my dream. This isn't my goal. This isn't my job. I'm just doing this to pay the bills. And you think you're going to come home and just flip a switch and be this savage real estate investor? That's why you're disappointed because you, you think the harder you work on this, the better off you'll be. When in reality, you've got all this other stuff that you need to figure out first before you could possibly kill it in this other arena over here. Man, that's spot on. And that, that really resonates. And I hope people are listening to that. I really hope that's resonating with a lot of different people, because like you said, it's how you do one thing. It's how you do everything where, you know, making up your bed isn't just making up your bed that's discipline waking up in the morning setting the alarm 4am and putting your feet on the ground and starting your day that's not just for the sake of waking up at 4am that's for the sake of training yourself you're now disciplining your life you're now taking control you're now taking ownership i absolutely love that man so this is going to be a bit of a strange question i'm curious to know what your answer is if in like a perfect world, right? You, let's say someone comes to you and they say, Hey, Matt, I really want to start working on my mindset. Um, you know, would you recommend to them or, and just, just an opinion, would you recommend to them that they take a time where it's a fully dedicated time and you say, Hey, for the next, you know, month, two months, three months, work on your mindset. Or would you say, Hey, work on it a little bit and then go take action and kind of mix the two. Would you have them yeah. separate and really just build that foundation or would you have them build the foundation while continuing everything else? Yeah, I mean, I wish everybody had the luxury that I had um, to just focus on mindset for 12 months because I think the 12-month delay and inactivity um, on the real estate investing side would more than pay for itself if you spent hours and hours a day like I did just absorbing personal development um, you would more than make up for that. But I understand people need to make money concurrently to working on their mindset. Um, I think if people could just dedicate a third of the time that they have to invest in their business on themselves and two thirds on the business, 
that would be more than enough. I mean, and that would be rare. I think we both could agree. The number of people who truly, if they have three hours a night, are truly spending one hour on personal development and two hours on the business, it, it's rare. People aren't self-aware enough to do that. They would much sooner spend three hours on the business and continue to be frustrated with the results because you know they haven't reprogrammed anything. They're just doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And so um, I think until you you dedicate that time, you'll be spinning your wheels. So to answer your question, you know, I would say do them both concurrently, but recognize that the time you're spending on personal development is a revenue generating activity and it is equally as important as learning how to talk to sellers. Man, that's that's powerful right there. And that's a gem. You know, that's actually really in line. The other week I was on live with Carlos Reyes. And he said the exact same thing, very similar to what you said, your number one investment is you. So if you're willing to invest in everything else out there in the world to build this wealth, to build this lifestyle, and you're not putting most of your eggs into the number one investment, that's the poor investing. So you saying that coming back to yourself is the way to go. It makes sense. Obviously, we live in reality. So we have to make sure we're not just you know, our kids aren't going hungry while we're working on ourselves or our family isn't depending on us while we're working on ourselves, but recognizing that if we really want to make it happen to not be doing busy work, but to be doing productive work, we need to get into that right frequency for lack of better terms. Right. And, and I kind of want to circle back to something you said earlier about making your bed and waking up on time. I think for a lot of beginners, they get hung up on this. Um, they're, they are defining success as doing deals, um, which obviously, like, like we said, you have to make money. I'm presuming that most of these people are working a nine to five and trying to do this business on their own time. And therefore they are defining success as, you know, am I making money? And I think one of the things that that, that 12 months did for me was I convinced my mind that when I said I was going to do something, that it was going to get done and it didn't matter how bizarre it was. So, for example, I told myself that I'm going to get up at four o'clock in the morning. And I got up at four o'clock in the morning the next day and every day thereafter for going on over three years. I told myself I'm going to meditate. I told myself I'm going to take a cold shower. I told myself I'm going to read X amount of time per day. Whatever it was, I'm going to put my phone down when my son walks in the room every single time, no matter what's going on. And so what started to happen was with my mind was it started to say, this guy's not messing around. Like when he says he's going to get up at four o'clock, this dude gets up at four o'clock when he says he's going to do something, it happens. And so for me, when I watched that YouTube video and I told my wife, I'm going to do seven figures my first year wholesaling, my mind did not say, no, you're not like everyone else's mind would, because every other time that those people have told their mind, I'm not going to eat like shit. They ate a pizza the next day. 
I'm going to start working out. They slept in. And so they've programmed their mind to know, no, this dude's just talking shit. And he says he's going to do a bunch of stuff, but he never actually does any of it. Mine was the exact opposite. By the time I told my wife, I'm going to do seven figures this year in wholesaling. Not only did she say, I believe it, despite not even knowing what wholesaling was, but I really 100% believe that in my mind and my mind supported all of my activity from there on out because it had no reason to doubt me. So stop quantifying success by how much money you're making in the beginning. Success is just doing what you said you were going to do and programming your mind to see that when this guy or gal says something's going to happen, it happens. So now when you put your mind to something that seems to others to be extraordinary, your mind's on board with it because you have a proven track record. Man, yo, Matthew, you just gave me like goosebumps, dude. Because <laughs> seriously, like that was so real. And truth is, it's loud and it resonates. And I want to repeat just a few things that you said, because I really want to emphasize, you know, you're talking about having these little disciplines along the way so that effectively you're training your mind just as you would any other muscle in your body. If you right. walk into the gym and you know one day it's your goal to bench 300, 400 pounds, you know that you have to build up to that. So why would it be any different when it comes to working your mind and setting these goals? Using the fact that you know you can wake up tomorrow morning at 4 a.m., there's nothing holding you back from doing that to work that muscle. The same way there's nothing holding someone back from benching just the bar, right? right. Building up that muscle. Now that 4 a.m. is easy, let's throw a cold shower on it. Now let's throw some reading in the morning. Let's throw 10 minutes of meditation. Let's throw putting the phone down and talking to my son. Let's throw talking to my wife at the end of every day and listening to what she has to say. And all of that builds up. So net, wow, dude, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. And anybody can do it, right? I mean, start one step at a time. Dude, I love that. So I have a question for you now, and this is, you might be able to help differentiate, right? Because a lot of people, they're going to hear this. They're going to resonate with it. They're going to nod their head. Yes, yes, yes. That works. And they're going to say, Matthew, I've been reading every book since forever. I've read every Tony Robbins book. I've watched every YouTube video, but it's still not happening. What do you have to say to those people that say like they've absorbed all the knowledge, but it's still, they're not seeing any results. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I've been there. I will say that I, I, and I wonder if you feel this way too. Do you ever read a book and you're, I don't know that I would use the, the word disappointed, but you get to the end of this book and everybody told you the book was good, man, this book is life-changing and you read it and you're like, shit. Like, I mean, I guess, but it's nothing that's going to change my life tomorrow. You know, we've all been there and I can tell you there is no one book. There is no one podcast. There's no one anything that I've listened to where it's just the light went off and I'm like, I finally know how to be a millionaire. It doesn't work that way. It's a steady stream. I call it brainwashing because we've been brainwashed all this time with negativity to think that, you know, I talked to a young lady on Monday of this week and uh, she grew up in a household where, you know, it was looked down upon to be wealthy. It wasn't 
something that you should strive for. And, you know, since August, she's been really absorbing a lot of positive information and reading and mindset stuff. And yet she still finds herself struggling with inactivity and lacking motivation. And she was really upset about it. And I had to tell her, and I would tell the person that, that you referenced, you have been programmed to think a certain way your whole life. In her case, 28 years, she's been programmed to think a, a certain way. And since August, you've been trying to change that mindset and you're angry and frustrated with the lack of results. It doesn't work that way. I was raised in a very positive, encouraging environment, and it still took me 12 months of nothing but mindset work to get to a point where I felt like I had what it takes. So there is no one thing. It's the constant absorption of positive stuff and blocking out all of the negative that will over time start to shift your mind. But I, I think, you know, that's a common question I get. And I wish there was this simple aha moment or book or quote that I read. In reality, it's just consistent action um, and consistent work on yourself to where you eventually, it won't even be a conscientious thing. You'll just find yourself thinking differently. Man, I'm happy to have you say that because to me, it's really important to understand where the source of knowledge is coming from, right? So you're somebody that has applied this information and this teaching to your own life. So you have experience to speak from and to work on. When you know we talk about this, the way I look at it, and I completely agree with you where it takes that consistency, uh, you know, especially you saying, especially with this girl's case, 27 years of negative stuff and six months of positive since August, right? right? So you're combating 27 years. So if we have a picture and if everyone listening can imagine we have a bathtub, right? Of dirty water. And I know if I pour enough clean water in there, eventually it's gonna dilute out the dirty water. If that entire bathtub is filled to the brim, it's gonna take a lot more clean water for that all of that to dissipate. But if it's only a little bit of dirty water at the bottom, I can only fill the bathtub halfway and now the water is pretty much all but clean. So depending on how much negative programming has already gone in there as a base level, it's going to affect how long maybe it takes for the positivity to kick in and to work. But adding each little by little, day by day, does add to the overall equation and it has to keep going. You have to be disciplined enough to keep it moving. Um, so, you know, and speaking of discipline, I know when you spoke to Steve Trang, right? You'd mentioned one of my favorite humans, right? You mentioned Jocko Wilnick, right? And he's all about extreme ownership. You strike me as somebody that has now recently taken control of every aspect of your life. Can I ask you, is that something that is tough to do or does it eventually get easier? Like what, you know, it, does at any point it stop being hard? Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it stops being hard as much as it becomes habitual, just like anything else. Um, you know, for me, um, once I decided, I, I've gotten to a point where whatever it is, once I decide that I'm going to do something, 
Um, I say to my wife all the time, I say that I will be done. I just, I, I decide something's going to happen and it's going to happen, whether it be building an Amazon business, wholesaling, doing creative deals, working on other projects I'm working on. I've just really convinced myself and I've earned the right by producing results over time and doing what I said I was going to do that I really believe that. Um, but yeah, I, I think once you define who you are, whatever that is, and, and, you, and for I said on the, the Steve Trang show, for me, I had to write that down. Once you define who you are, you start making decisions based on that definition and not based on how you feel. Everyone is so hung up on their feelings and how they feel about all of these different things. And honestly, all of my decisions, even on important things like how I treat my family, those are no longer based on how I feel. Your feelings will betray you on the regular. They are not there to protect you and to make you make great decisions. They're up, they're down. I define who I am and then all of my decisions are based on who that person is and that person does X, Y, and Z. He gets up, he works out, he eats well, he takes certain supplements, he treats his wife a certain way, he treats his kids a certain way, he approaches business a certain way. And once you define that, it's much easier now to operate within those parameters instead of trying to make decisions based on how we feel because they'll lead you astray all the time. I like that you say that because that's something that a lot of high performance individuals use, right? Um, everyone in the world knows Beyonce, right? But most people don't know who Sasha Fierce is, right? And she spoke about this. She created an alter ego for herself. Essentially, she defined a person, she defined a character. And she said, this is the character and this character is capable of going on stage singing in front of the entire world, being in front of the cameras on Super Bowl. And she lived into that regardless of how she felt. She said Beyonce was afraid to get on stage. Sasha wasn't. Sasha gets on stage. So we saw Beyonce on stage. We saw that body of Beyonce on stage. So to hear you say like, you know, Matthew redefined Matthew. Matthew made, Matthew is someone that wakes up early. Matthew is someone that takes care of business. Matthew says something and it gets done and you create that character for yourself and you live into your own character. You live into your own person. It's a powerful tool. So let me ask, and maybe you wanna answer this, maybe you don't, who is Matthew Simmons or who is Matthew Simmons currently? Yeah, um, he's evolving for sure. I think there's this perception um, that being rigid and being disciplined um, equals being cold or robotic and anybody that knows me on a personal level knows I'm anything but that. Um, so I think for me, it's trying to maintain that warmth, that love with my family um, while still staying within the parameters of the things that are important to me that, that allow me to perform on a, on a daily basis. And I think my short-term goal of financial freedom will get me to a point where I can take the, the foot off the gas a little bit 
um, in terms of the professional stuff and focus even more on my family. So for me, I still have my, my foot on the gas. It, nothing has changed for me until we achieve this goal. We have a goal that I talked about on the podcast of $50,000 a month passive through sub twos and creative finance, uh, seller finance. Um, and we're actually on pace to, to even beat our time frame to accomplish that. So we are on our way. And when we get there, um, you know, now I can spend even more time with my family and kids, which is really where all of my focus is. So I will say this, one thing that's changed for me in the last like six months is I'm always interested in learning about real estate. I'm always interested in learning about entrepreneurship. But in the last six months, I've really shifted the content that I'm finding myself drawn to is more just general health, general wellness, both psychologically and physically. And I'm really starting to get into a space where it's, you know, I used to just, I was always into to working out and I just wanted to be huge. That's all I ever wanted. Um, and you, you get to a certain age where it's now I, I want to live forever. And so really exploring um, what you can do as far as diet, sleep, exercise, you name it, supplements, um, that can really help facilitate that. So that's kind of the direction I'm moving. It doesn't mean that I'm not still entrepreneurial spirited and I'm not still trying to learn even more about real estate to continue to increase our foothold it there. Um, it's just as I evolve, I'm finding myself more and more interested in just general wellness, um, which is something that I completely abandoned as a younger man and wasn't even on my radar, which is probably the case for most, I would think. Man, I like that. And that's really cool because I was going to ask you that question as you've been evolving, what have you been tapping into? Because as an entrepreneur, as someone that's growth minded, you're always looking to learn, you're always growing. And at some point, you're, see you're always seeking new knowledge. So that's interesting to hear that you're moving into the realm of health and that your focus is now turning more so on, I'm assuming you want that health so you can truly be around for your family longer and be with them through more to be able to enjoy more with them as the wealth and the finance aspect is taken care of in your life. And something I want to give you credit for that you were the first person I ever heard voice it. When you were on the Steve Trang podcast, you really spoke about the model that you had for your team and for your employees, right? That the people you bring in, ultimately you saw them as, hey, you guys are coming in to help me realize my dream of getting out of this rat race. However, I'm not getting out of the rat race so I can leave you guys, my, my brothers in arms inside the war. That's messed up. Like, right. no, I'm getting out and you guys are coming out with me. And once all of you are out, that's when we could shut up the shop and head out. And I, that was honestly, man, that was like the coolest thing I think I ever heard anybody say. Like it just, it hit home and it was so real. It's like, wow, this guy really, he takes care of yeah. He really cares. Yeah. And I, I think it when now that, people have heard it and they, and they really stop and think about it. It, it is a no brainer. It, it comes across as this selfless act, but it like anything else that we do for other people, you know, there's a portion of that that is for us, even if it's just the, the feeling we get in helping others. Um, there's a portion of that that is really selfish. And in this case, while 
it is a selfless act to share the wealth with your team. Um, I'm doing so knowing darn well that in doing that, I'm going to achieve financial freedom that much faster. So kind of what you were referencing is we, when I first started this and I, I started to research um, some different podcasts on hiring acquisition people, because I knew that was my strength and I knew I could train really solid acquisition people early on. Um, I just kept hearing the same thing over and over is you don't want to tell them too much. You don't want to share too much with these people because there's a good chance they're going to become your competition someday. And I found myself in the beginning before I you know, had this realization um, limiting what I was sharing with them and holding back some of what I was sharing with them. And it was completely counterintuitive to trying to, to make somebody a rock star to help build your business. So then I thought, what's a way that we can create an environment here where everyone is pursuing financial freedom within the confines of this business? Not everyone wants to or is built to be an entrepreneur, but everyone wants financial freedom. And so let's try to find a way to, to help these folks accomplish financial freedom. So when we started hiring acquisitions people, we were not just looking for good salespeople, we were looking for people who were entrepreneurial minded that wanted financial freedom and were interested specifically in real estate, which by the way, is very easy to find. Everybody um, wants financial freedom. And it seems like everybody I talk to is like, oh, I've, been, I've always wanted to get into real estate. Um, you hear it all the time, I'm sure. And so it wasn't hard to find these people. And maybe they didn't have the money, the courage, the know-how, the connections. There's a million reasons why people who are interested in real estate have not yet built their own rental portfolio. But when tapped into the right space, they would take that leap. And so what we did was we basically created a program whereby for every certain number of deals that they get the company, we are going to help facilitate them keeping a property. And so now everyone on my team has properties. We are all moving in the same direction. And obviously it's my company. I'm going to get there first. That's part of the setup here. Um, but when I get there to your point, um, you know, now I don't need you to get me X, you know, in this case, three properties before you can keep one, you know, just keep the doors open, keep wholesaling and you get me one, you keep one, you get me one, you keep one until we all have achieved this dream. And it's just a totally different vibe within our company because everybody is working towards financial freedom. I can't imagine trying to just motivate people to wholesale like <laughs> wholesaling dude it's brutal it, it's such a grind as you know every single month you are starting over at zero and if i was if i didn't have this light at the end of the tunnel for them of financial freedom and my motivation for them was just they're going to make a little bit more money I don't know how I could keep these people because truth be told, they could make more money doing other things. But now that we have this vibe where we're all rowing in the same direction, it's such a good feeling within our company 
And it's a culture that we created very early on. And now we hire based on that culture. If I talk to somebody now and they're not bringing up in the first five minutes that they want financial freedom, that they want a rental portfolio, that they are entrepreneurial minded, um, it's not a good fit. I don't care how good of a salesperson they are, they'll become a thorn in my side because if they're pursuing money while getting me financially free, at some point that dude or that girl is going to resent you. And there is no amount of money that you're going to be able to give them that's going to placate them. They're always going to resent you because they're watching you get free while they grind it out for you. Not in my case. In my case, we're all working towards the same thing. And to your point, it just creates a really nice feeling at work. And uh, it's a positive culture. Man, Matthew, dude, you just hit on so many things. I know for a fact that somebody's listening right now and you just shook them awake. You just grabbed their noggin and just did this with it because they were getting caught in the wholesale hamster wheel and they were getting so focused on that. They were forgetting the goal was to get out of this position. It was to build that long-term generational wealth that's working for them. And to say that your team needs to come in with that same mindset. So although yes, technically they're working for you, you set it up so that ultimately they're truly working for themselves. And not too many businesses are ever structured in a way that you're working for yourself while working within another organization. So that's really clutch. And also recognizing that your team members need to have that mindset. That is so crucial. I've seen negative, not even negative, but it just wasn't a positive mindset. If it's neutral or negative, it's going to become a cancer to your business, to your operation, to your organization. It doesn't matter the skill set they provide. It doesn't matter the assets they can bring in. If they don't have that right mindset, it will spread and people will start to get demotivated and will, you'll lose something. So to hear that if the person's not even talking about financial freedom within the first couple of minutes, you're kind of saying, all right, this isn't a good fit for us. Yeah, and to your point, the traditional business model, that would scare most young entrepreneurs because you've really got to be thinking big if you're not intimidated by a young lady that comes and sits down and says, listen, I'm not here to make $100,000. I'm here to get free. How are you going to help me do that? And if you're just getting started, that's intimidating because your thought is, well, shit, I don't even know how I'm going to get there yet, let alone how I'm going to get you there. When you get to a point with creative finance that you have access to deals at very low entry fees, it totally changes the game because now you can envision a scenario where you can give this person a deal if it comes across your desk um, and they can take it down without a huge entry fee. Um, you have the ability to get them financial freedom that they're not going to get at any corporate job. No 401k is going to get them there as quickly as you can. I mean, we can accomplish what we've created here with the amount of leads we have coming through the door every month. We can accomplish financial freedom, not just financial freedom like our passive income has exceeded our revenue. I'm talking $50,000 a month passive um, 
And that's after everything's paid. I'm not talking then you got to pay the manager. And no, we're talking we set money aside for CapEx. We set money aside for vacancies. We set money aside for management. And we're still going to hit 50 in about two and a half years. Um, it's not like that's an, uh, a retirement that you're going to struggle on. And as you know, the beauty of creative finance is eventually all of those mortgages are paid off. And now you have a portfolio that's worth tens of millions that you could either sell or just simply your cash flow quadruples when the mortgages are paid off. Um, so you talk about a legacy that you can leave behind for your family. These are the kind of things that when you sit down and you talk to a new hire and they're talking to you and they're talking to, you know, Pfizer, and Pfizer's telling them you're going to get a cell phone, you're going to get a laptop, you're going to get a company car, and you know, you're going to get $100,000 a year. And I'm over here saying you might make $100,000 a year, but at the end of your first year, you're going to have three rental properties. And each year thereafter, you're going to start to stack more and more. I mean, depending on someone's age and their financial responsibilities, my model is a no brainer. And you would never think Fifth Avenue Property Group could compete with Pfizer, but we did it with a, a young lady who was a pharmaceutical rep and decided, no, I think I'm gonna go over here. And she's thankful she did because she's stacking properties and she's still making good money. So it's it's been a great culture for us. And I would encourage any young entrepreneur, be overly generous with your early hires on things like if they want to keep a property because what you should be trying to do and I I've noticed within some of the sub two students that I've tried to help so many people think that they're going to come into this business and either a build a rental portfolio or b build this creative finance monster and as they quickly learn that is almost impossible in and of itself because where are you getting your deals to me everyone should start with wholesaling now what pace teaches you can do both concurrently and that's why i love the sub two program but there are a lot of people out there that are just saying i'm not really into wholesaling i just want to build a sub two portfolio or i just want to build a rental portfolio well, that's all anybody wants. Nobody wakes up and says, you know, I want to grind it out 12 hours, 14, 16 hours a day to do a couple wholesale deals. But when you build the wholesale machine like we have, now you can spend 20% of your revenue on marketing and 20% of $200,000 a month equals a lot of sub two deals. It equals a lot of seller finance deals. It equals a lot of low cost rental properties. So stop trying to scale a creative finance business, scale a real estate investing business on the foundation of wholesaling, which generates revenue, allowing you to spend more on marketing. And believe me, with the skills you've learned in creative finance, you will get creative finance deals. But if you just go out and look for creative finance deals, you're going to drive yourself nuts. So I really encourage everyone I talk to, 
learn how to wholesale, learn how to market, and the other stuff will come with time. Man, Matthew, you are like hammering the head right now at this nail, dude, because that's something that, you know, Pace teaches a lot, and a lot of people listen to the words. But if you watch what he does, he teaches even more. And people forget that at that foundation, it is a wholesale operation, right? He yeah. picks his creative deals. His creative business is being fed by his wholesale business. Right. And a lot of the students, they forget that. So they're running out into the world only thinking creative, forgetting that he has this other behemoth of a machine working underneath, feeding the right. other machine that everyone's falling in I mean, if you took away all Pace's creative deals, he would still be extremely successful and one of the biggest wholesalers in the country. So uh, you can't just cherry pick out one portion of his business and say, oh, I want to do that. That looks cool. No, it's a whole machine that they all feed each other. And, I, and I'm, I'm thankful that I'm in some cases I talk to people and I'm a little jealous that they're learning creative finance so early on because I think they're so well positioned. But in the other sense, I'm very thankful that I learned wholesaling first because I had to just learn marketing, lead generation, and closing deals. And all of that helped feed my creative finance business. Absolutely. So I'm not going to take up too much more of your time because I do have a few more questions that I think you would just have some great insight on. Yeah. Right? First thing is with everything that you've done, you, I imagine, have encountered some sort of failures along the way, right? What would you say was one of the biggest failures you encountered? And ultimately, how did you turn it into a lesson? And what did it teach you? Yeah, I, I think for me, um, there's been a lot along the way. Um, but thinking too small has always been a big hurdle for me. I, um, I remember when I first watched that video, I told my wife, you know, we're going to do seven figures in the first year. And, and then we went out and we did it. And I remember thinking like at the end of the year, what would have happened if I would have said, we're going to do eight figures. Like, I don't know that I could have done that kind of volume in my first year. Um, but I bet you I would have done more than seven figures because I literally finished at $1,049,000 at the end of my 12th month. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence. One million has no significance other than the fact that it's seven figures. Um, so now what I've learned is to think much bigger. I, there was a part of me for a while that was thinking about taking my operation and going on more of a national level and really um, pursuing the virtual model. And um, I, I really had to stop and say, okay, what is your goal? What's your company's goal? And my goal is 50,000 a month passive. I know so many people in the national space that are doing more business than me. So, so you know, we're, we're averaging now close to about 200K a month. I know so many people that are doing three, 350 a month who A, their profit margins are just slim. We have a great profit margin because we run a lean operation, but B, they have no passive income. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, I had to really stop and evaluate what's your end goal here. And if the end goal is 50 K a month passive, and you don't really want to own rental properties all across the country, 
then just double down your efforts here in your own backyard to get to that 50K quicker. And so that's what we've done is um, really staying focused on the end goal, which is passive income. Um, all the other stuff is a requirement, the, the wholesaling, the sub to the creative finance, um, but that's not the end goal. The end goal is the passive income. So for us, rather than trying to take this thing and scale it and blow it up nationwide, let's try to expand things here in our own backyard to get the 50K quicker, because the quicker I can get the 50K, the quicker my team can start to accomplish their passive goals and, you know, we can all move on. Man, dude, that's powerful. And like, I'm happy because the way you just answered that question, you actually answered about three other questions that <laughs> I had. So I want to highlight that so people could make sure they extract that knowledge. First off, the idea that, you know, you were thinking too small and you could have been thinking bigger. That seems to be a trend a lot with a lot of individuals that begin to achieve success. I know I've seen it in my own life when things have kind of come very quickly. And I thought to myself, man, why didn't I ask for more? At some point, I learned I need to become a better asker of myself, of things that I want. Then you also said that within your structure, you had a vision, you had a goal, and staying focused on what that goal was and essentially not getting distracted by the shiny objects out there, because this is something that I've seen happen with a lot of the folks that are in my accountability group that are in this uh, sub two mentorship. They're all over the place because they're kind of chasing any deal that pops up and any lead that pops up in their face, but then they're ultimately slowing down and they're forgetting their original mission versus niching down, sticking in one area, bunkering down and realizing all the resources you need are already right there in your own environment if you're willing right. to mine it hard enough and mine it long enough. But that only comes from staying focused and concentrated in an area. So hearing you say that, I don't know if people picked up on that, but you know, that's because I was going to ask you if you had any plans. I know you're based in Pennsylvania to see if you had any plans of expanding from the market, because every time, like I said, when I'm on Facebook and I look at your page, you're dropping property after property after property after property. And it's PA, 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 PA. It's like, OK, this guy is hunkered down. And it's not just PA. It's Pittsburgh. And that's it. I mean, we don't even venture outside of Pittsburgh. And I think one of the lessons for me was I joined Collective Genius, which is a mastermind group. And I met a guy there and he's in a market in PA um, that's probably half the size of mine. And this year we'll do about 200 deals. And in a market that's half the size of mine, um, they're going to do about 350 deals. So... Uh, there is so much opportunity within your market when you start to really get versatile. He's keeping some stuff and selling it turnkey. He's doing sub two. He's doing seller finance. He's wholesaling. He's flipping a little bit. He's listing properties on the MLS through his agents. And he's also, he's gotten a strategy where he can take properties that are wholesale deals and sell them on the MLS. So he's got so many tools in his tool belt that you might feel like, because I got to a point where earlier this year, I said, we're going to do 200 deals this year in Pittsburgh. You know, like, could we be maxing out? Like we have a pretty big market share. Share. We're doing one deal a day to your point, five days a week. Um, 
are we getting to a point where what, what more can we do? And then you meet someone like that and you're like, wow, we could do a lot more um, just right here. And, and so I think for so many people, they just, they feel like they need to explore new territory, which if you're in LA, if you're in New York, if you're in some of these markets where it's really challenging, then yeah, it completely makes sense. But for a lot of us right in our own backyard, there's plenty of opportunity if you learn enough strategies to take advantage of all the deals that come through your door, I, I mean, we're, we are rare in that we are monetizing, meaning folks like you and I, monetizing most leads that come through our pipeline one way or another. And that's because we're approaching this from a point of service. Most people are just, if this doesn't fit my flip model, if this doesn't fit my buy and hold model or my wholesale model, they just trash it. Um, it's such a terrible way to do business. We're, we've really gotten to a point now when we spend money on marketing, when we get a lead, we are going to do everything in our power to monetize that lead one way or another. Um, and I think that's where we should all aim to get because, as you know, leads are so precious, so expensive, so valuable. You can't be casting them aside just because you don't have the knowledge needed to help the people. I love it. And really, you know, a testament to what you said earlier, it's that mindset. Because even for myself, like you, New York's a tough market, right? I told you that in the beginning, you know, I'm local to New York, I'm based here. And getting started, it was a really hard market to kind of acclimate to and chomp down on, which made me go virtual into an easier market where I had a little bit more luck, a little bit more traction. However, that I've been working on my mindset, continuing to soak in knowledge, continuing to read, bring in positivity, talk to bigger thinkers. I'm now reanalyzing New York and I'm saying, wait a second, this is, yeah, you can do it here. In fact, I know people are doing it here and it's just a matter of knowing that you can do it, having the understanding, setting the expectation of what it's going to take to make it happen and then going and making it happen. Yep. You know, so, you know, two more questions for you, right? One, when it comes to taking on a new endeavor, expectations, right? I find a lot of people, they don't set the proper expectation for themselves, right? They underestimate how much effort it's really going to take. And this is something I picked up from listening to a lot of Grant Cardone. You know, he talks about 10x the goals, 10x the goals, but he also says 10x the effort. Whatever you think it's going to take, 10x of that. And yeah. that's what it's more likely going to be. And I have to say, so far, it's been proving itself to be true in my own life, but it's also producing results by just walking with that mindset. So is that something that you get behind? Yeah, for sure. I think for us, you know, when I first started, um, you know, my thought was when I get a lead, like let's say in the beginning I was working with probates. When I get a lead, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get a response from this person. So for me, I didn't have systems at the time. I didn't have a CRM. So I would call it from my cell phone. I would text it. I would handwrite a letter and then I would wait a week um, and I would do it again. And I would do that three times. If I didn't get an answer, I would go knock on the door. And so I had this list of probates. And that's all I had was probates in the beginning. I wasn't doing anything else. 
Um, but I'm in a very elderly county, so there was a lot of probate leads. And just from that, just creating a list, several hundred people long, having it on my wall, and every single time I got a no, putting a line through that person's name, and just, I'm not going to quit working these leads until there's a line through every single name on here. Um, I think those kind of small, that's a very small goal that anyone can achieve. I think people get these big lists, 10,000 people, and they're texting everyone, they're calling everyone, and they're just trying to, to do so much. I had a list that I knew was quality, and I said, I'm literally going to work this list until every person on here either sells me their property or says, no, thank you. And so call it, text it, write it, call it, text it, write it, call it, text it, write it, knock on the door. And literally, I would say out of that list, if I had 100 names, it was between 70 and 80 got crossed out. So I was getting an answer. You know, some people just don't answer the door and I would just keep going and keep going. And there were some that I definitely never got resolution to. But anybody else would have probably gotten about 20 out of a response from about 20 out of those 100 people and moved on to another list or said it doesn't work or whatever it was. So for me, I, I, I believe in setting smaller, achievable goals and just giving it hell until you've accomplished that and then stacking on top of that. Of course, now we have systems in place where we're attacking these people from every imaginable angle. Um, but in the beginning, that's what it was for me is get a list and just work it till it's dead um, and, and let nothing stand in your way of, of getting an answer one way or another. I think we can all live with a no. Um, what's frustrating is just not knowing if these people could help if we could help these people or if they would sell to us um and so you just can't settle for not knowing you, you know we would go until we found an answer either way absolutely man i mean i love i love when i get a no or when yeah. i get a wrong number because now i don't have to question anymore i can knock you off the list and now i can hammer what should be or could be yeses right. and what i really appreciate about your goal because i yesterday i sat and talked with mark and april giuliano who are also completely crushing it in the space. They did 250K in their first eight months. And they spoke about setting goals that you're able to do, right? That goal that you just set there, that you said, I'm going to call and hammer this till I could cross that name off the list. That doesn't take money. That doesn't take know-how. That doesn't take anything but effort. And anybody can produce effort at any point in this game, whether you start brand new today or you've been doing it for 20 years. So not to mention, cool. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but no, no, you got it, it all comes back to what we said earlier. It's you've just set a goal for yourself within your business. You told yourself you were going to do this and you did it. You've gained credibility with yourself. No different from saying you're going to wake up, saying you're going to eat, saying you're going to work out, saying you're going to meditate. You said that you weren't going to stop working this list until you had an answer from every single person and you did it and you've gained credibility again you've convinced your mind that when this dude says he's going to do something thy will be done one way or another and so when you move on to the next thing the next phase of your business whatever that may be 
you have the personal capital that you've earned the right to say you're going to do something without your mind telling you, no, you're not dummy. You never do anything you say you're going to do, you loser. No, you now say, damn right. I, I look what I just did. And I think so many people don't say you're not going to eat like shit and then eat pizza the next day because you have literally you'd have been better off just keeping your mouth shut and just eating like shit because you've just proven to yourself you're not a man of your word you don't honor your own commitments to yourself and you are programming yourself that when i say i'm going to do something it doesn't really mean shit it's just words. So don't worry about making me stick to it because I never do. Just don't say anything until you're ready to actually do something and then start to act upon it. Man, words of wisdom and words to live by. So people, I mean, this whole podcast, people are going to have to go and re-listen to about 30 times. So I have one final question for you. Normally it's two, but you actually answered one of my questions in the Steve Chang podcast. So I'm going to encourage people to go listen to you on that one because it was so quality. I really do want people to go over there and get more of your backstory, but I'm happy we got to dive deep into mindset today. The final question I have for you, and I ask this to every single guest on the show. It's my favorite question in the world. Tomorrow morning, you wake up, you are just a blank slate. You don't remember anything. I mean, you don't know your name. You don't know your wife laying next to you. You don't know your kids. You know you know you're in a safe space, but all of your memories are gone. You don't remember anything you've learned with wholesaling, any of the personal development you've done. Nothing. You are just a blank slate sitting there. However, you do get to keep one piece of knowledge, one piece of wisdom. It's it's just in there, and for whatever reason, you don't question it. You just take it as truth and you run with it. What would you want that one bit of wisdom to be? Oh, wow. Um, boy, you could go so many directions. You know, there's, there's wisdom that's going to help you with life. There's wisdom that's going to help you with business. I would say for me, uh, something I tell myself all the time, fear is fake. I'm constantly telling myself that because for the early part of my life, so many of my decisions were fear-based and the percentage of times that things we're afraid of actually happen is so nominal. I mean, things never happen. Things that we're afraid of happening rarely do. And I don't mean fear is fake in the sense that it's not real. We don't feel, we don't feel it. I mean that it's false in that it's usually not something that if it even happened would be all that bad. And so for me, I'm constantly telling myself fear is fake. I don't, I, I don't make any decisions based on fear. Now I, I really try to make all of my decisions based on the best possible outcome, knowing that if everything went sideways, it'll still be okay. Um, I, I really have gotten to a point in my life and it's taken me a long time where I'm comfortable with failure. Um, I don't look at failure as um, a negative anymore. It's part of my journey of success and I embrace it. I try new stuff all the time that does not work. Um, but I used to make those decisions, you know, kind of fear-based, not wanting to embarrass myself, 
not wanting to fail, not wanting others to see that I tried something and it didn't work out. And then eventually you get to a point where not only do you not care, but you realize nobody else really cares either. Um, and so you start making decisions, you know, from a strength based position. And that's where I've gotten to now. So I wish in retrospect, you know, it's so funny. I, it's nice talking to someone young like you because you still have so much time to get all of these things um, situated in your head before you start a family, before you um, get, get too deep down the path of business. And so for me, I'm thankful that I was able to have these realizations uh, at a relatively young age. Um, but I really look back on some decisions I made early on and it was all based out of fear. So that would be it. Fear is fake and, and act from a position of strength. Wow. That I got to say, I think right now you have my favorite answer. That was a <laughs> detailed answer that I've received on that question. And it, it really hits home and it's so true. So thank you for that. Thank you for this entire episode. Truly, yeah, you dropped a lot of value. And I honestly think that there are going to be people that listen to this over time that it's going to hit them one by one by one, where they're going to be able to progress. You're going to help get them through a certain point in their life. And I don't know who that, that person is yet. You don't know who that person is yet, but I truly do believe that what we put out here today is ultimately going to get them to that next level. So awesome. thank you so much for that. Yeah, man. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. For people that might want to follow you, I know you took a little break from social media for a little bit, you know, but if people are interested in either keeping up with your story or just, um, yeah. you know, I don't know if you're looking to have people reach out to you or if there's something that you send people to, if they want to get in contact with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I primarily use Instagram. I am on Facebook, Matthew Simmons, uh, two T's, two M's. Um, but a majority of my time I spend on Instagram, which is, uh, there were so many, uh, Matthew Simmons. I'm actually the real Matthew Simmons, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S-I-M-M-O-N-S. So the real Matthew Simmons on Instagram, um, I'm always willing to help. If, if anybody needs anything, feel free to hit me up on there, but yeah, that's where you'll find me. Awesome. So guys, I'll put that link down below and you'll be able to find him really easily on Instagram and you know, definitely reach out, connect with him. He's a great resource. Please don't abuse his time and power by asking a bunch of questions that you can figure out by listening to this or listening to the Steve Chang podcast. But, you know, if you come to him, let's get yourself into a position. I like to tell people like what Pace says, go get in trouble first, go get yourself into a situation and then come ask for help. Don't yeah. just ask about the hypotheticals. Yeah. I love that. So Matthew, again, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate your time today. I enjoyed it. Hey, I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you were able to get some sort of value from it. If you found anything that was valuable, please go into the comments. Let us know what it was, what your key takeaway was. We look through the comments every day. We respond to all of them and it lets us know what's working, what's resonating and what we should talk more about. If you have found anything to be useful that you're able to apply to your life, go back and listen to it again because the second and third time you come around and listen to the information, what you find is the information doesn't change, but you change and new things are going to start to stand out to you. That's why we record these. That's why they're out there for you to come back to and listen. And finally, if you are 
finding value here. I need you. I need you to go out and share this with a friend. Send this to them. Let them know they need to listen. They need to take action and they need to change their life. Because if you want to grow, you're going to need your network to grow. You're going to need your inner circle to grow. Okay. So that's the best gift you can give somebody. Give them education that they can apply to their life and level themselves up. Keep learning and keep growing. I'll see you on the next episode.